Welcome to the Not So Minnesota Nice Podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Jen. This is episode 52. 52. Where we are talking about Dr. Zivago. Yay. Starting off with some fucking facts. Oh, I love your fucking facts. Who's Am I ready? Yeah. How am I doing volume-wise? I can't even tell. Good. Okay. So, British-Italian epic romance drama. Release date, December 22nd, 1965 in the U.S. Uh, runtime, 193 minutes. Uh, the 1992 re-release was 200 minutes. Budget 11 million. Box office 111.7 million. Directed by David Lean, based on Doctor Zivago by Boris Pasternak. In 1957 is when the book came out. Oh, we love saying names on the podcast, don't we, John? I think I did okay. You did. All right. <laughs> At least from what I. Think. I've started to put the like phonics. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, the phonetic spelling. <laughs> yep. Yeah, excellent. Production company Metro Golden Meyer and Carlo Pontini Production and SoStar SA, which I'm not sure what the SA stands for, but yeah. Distributor was Metro Golden Meyer, starring Geraldine Chaplin, Julie Christie, Tom Courtenay, Alec Guinness, Ralph Richardson, Omar Sheriff, Rod Steger, Rita Tushingham. <laughs> And <laughs> Siobhan McKenna. That's Excellent. All them fucking facts. Although I have a whole bunch of awards and stuff too, but meh. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. I'll keep going. You want to go into the awards? Okay. I'm on it. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the, the, the fucking, facts. fucking facts. It is. I have some of the awards as well. Okay. And then some other fun and interesting facts, supposedly. Oh. Oh. <laughs> squeak, squeak, squeakers. Yeah. Thump. It hasn't stopped. It's all good. It's because they're all up there now and it's just too many feet. Too many feet. Too many feet. Mm -hmm. And they're all on the main level because we finally put in a TV in our living room and now they all think that they need to sit in front of it. Well, yeah. Where else are you going to sit? In their bedrooms with their TVs (laughs) up there. (laughs) Like, come on, you guys. <laughs> we we only reason we put a TV in our our family room at this point was for family moving night movie night because we were sick of having it in our bedroom. Yeah. And now they put it in the Wii there, like they took it from their room and put it in the living room so they can all play the Wii, which is kind of adorable. Well, then they're right. Like, Let's all play. It's but... nice seeing you know kids getting along. <sighs> but it's so annoying when we're trying to record. It is. Used to be able to just kick them upstairs. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> At the 38th Academy Awards, they got five Oscars. Is that correct? Did I do that right? Yeah. Okay. Oscars is Academy Awards, right? Yeah. Won five Oscars for your best yep. adapted screenplay, right? Yep. Best cinematography, best original score, best yep. art direction, best costume design. Yeah. And then they were nominated for five others. Lost four of them to The Sound of Music, which, considering they were up against The Sound of Music well, Exactly. General, that's amazing. Um. They also won five awards at the 23rd Golden Globe Awards. Yes. As of 2016, it was the eighth highest grossing film of all time in the U.S. and Canada, adjusted for inflammation at approximately $850 million. Um, In 1998, it was ranked 39th on the American Film Institute's 100 Years 100 Movies list and number seven on 100 Years 100 Passions. And the British Film Institute ranked it as the 27th greatest British film of all time. Um, Dang. So, yeah. Do you have any other award things? 
sort of. Uh, after Gone with the Wind, Dr. Zivago is the second most profitable movie in MGM's history. I mean, that okay. was the only other one I can see on here. Okay. Um, I don't yeah. know. The rest of the stuff's just facts. <laughs> yeah, I've got a whole bunch of just, like, random facts, too. Like, the movie wasn't shown in Russia. Nope. Until 1994. Well, the book was banned there for decades. Right? Yeah, I saw that, too. Filmed mostly in Spain. Um, part of it, you know, it's set in Russia between the years prior to World War One and the Russian Civil War, so 1917-1922. And, um, and I, because of how the resistance, the revolution went, they were like, yeah, no. And, yeah. Yeah. But the book was smuggled out of the Soviet Union by an Italian called D'Angelo to be delivered to... John Giacomo? Feltrinelli. I can't do it. Feltrinelli. Words. Feltrinelli. <laughs> yeah. Who is an influential Italian publisher and businessman. So, he, yeah. I have a whole bunch on him, too, which is kind of funny that I wrote down, like, a whole bunch. It's been a while since we wrote these down because we haven't recorded in a while. And we watched them, you know, back right Weeks after we did now. West Side Story. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> Like, wait a second, why did I write all this it's, <laughs> And honestly, like, we like to watch the movies right before we sit down to talk about them, because right. then it's fresh in our minds, and now that it's been weeks, and there's no way that we're going to sit through another three hours, hours. 200 minutes. Of this movie. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Uh, it was a good movie, though. I mean, it was. It was definitely Gone with the Wind-esque. Like, the whole storyline yes. is very similar in the whole, like crazy world type or crazy um war set stuff going on refugee things like yep. it's very similar in a lot of aspects and then the love story too is kind of it, they they did it very well where it wasn't like just straight up the love story because like both characters had marriages had yeah you know and they affairs and like all this stuff and it was like oh my gosh you guys but they right? did it well they did they really did classy yeah. mm-hmm. i some of the other like random stuff about like the cast and the set i found it very interesting that although they actually had a really good diverse cast yeah they didn't have anybody who was russian no or even of russian descent (laughs) like it was all well it was filmed in spain and they they had american actors and british mostly british actors yeah yeah um the inside of the ice palace was mostly made up of wax right yep um, and <laughs> they're talking about how whenever they were filming, it, it was a really mild winter, so they didn't have any snow <laughs> and the field started turning green too early. So the crew yeah. used white paint, plaster dust, and even white plastic sheets to create many of the movie's snow filled vistas. Right. Which of course, once you know that it's so much easier to look for it. Like I remember like yep. kind of scrolling through this whenever I was watching the movie, cause I had to watch it in three different parts. Um, and, like, I'd run across something and, like, rewind it and be like, oh, my God, yeah. Yep. That does look super cheesy. Right. Well, I mean, but for the, it's the time, yeah, yeah, the time period. I mean, they, I, it was very creative that they were oh, able yeah. to, to well, do that. And the budget was only $11 million. Right. Like, for how epic and long this yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. For a three-hour long movie. Yeah. Like, wow, you guys did a lot. And, like, with train scenes and everything else, like, you can imagine some yeah. of the things they had to spend money on, you know. And snow decorations was not one of them. Although, <laughs> it sounds like some of that plaster dust caused issues with some of the cast, especially extras who had to be, like, in it oh. or making it. Mm-hmm. So, because, of course, health issues. 
Yeah. Nothing like inhaling a bunch of plaster dust. Like what killed the original Tin Man in Wizard of Oz? Yeah, like his makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Scary. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, well. <laughs> but he looked good in doing it. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Um. Hmm. You know, I think I'm just going to go from the top of this real quick. Okay. So, talking more about... Now I have to read his name again. Where did I put his name? The one guy with the okay. eyes. Yeah, here we go. John Giacomo Feltrinelli um, was an influential Italian publisher and businessman. He founded a vast library of documents, mainly the history of international labor and socialist movements. He became a militant and clandestine left-wing activist preceding the period of social and political turmoil in Italy known as the years of lead. Um, the story was published shortly after he received it. So, and then, you know, and then with helped by the Soviet campaign against the novel, it became a sensation throughout the non-communist world. It spent 26 weeks atop the New York Times bestseller list. Pasternak was awarded the 1958 Nobel Prize for Literature for, you know, the book. And then um, Omar Sheriff, who played Zavago, loved the novel. When he learned Lean was making a film adaption, he requested the role of Pasha. And he was very surprised by Lean when, when Lean suggested he play Zavago himself. Omar Sheriff's son, Tarek, was cast as young Zavago. So his son played him. Yeah. Back That's really cool. Right. Like, neat. And then um, the novel was also a base for a 2011 musical composed by Lucy Simon, lyrics by Michael Corey and Amy Powers. Went to Broadway in 2015. It's also a British TV miniseries, drama miniseries in 2002. Three episodes, 255 minutes. Not such a great reception. <laughs> um, yeah, like contemporary yeah. critics hated the fact that it was three hours long. Oh, yeah. Wow. And like in today's <laughs> day and age, it seems like every other movie is becoming that long, which well. is kind of ridiculous, especially whenever you want to go to the theaters and still enjoy popcorn and drinks. Right. And not have to pee 500 times. Right. Like, it's ridiculous that we literally had to have people go see Endgame and then tell us when to go pee. Right. And Here's the best bathroom In case you times. haven't seen Endgame, there is no good time to go pee. <laughs> Just don't do Just it. don't pee. Um, I think Wear a diaper. for Lord of the Rings were my first ones that were so long, you know, that I actually had to plan them out like I was going on a plane ride. Like, don't drink any fluids for two hours prior. Don't uh, make sure you eat well, but not, you know... No, well. yeah. <laughs> like prep, prep for this. And then you can't, if you get soda, you can't drink it until you're an hour into the movie. <laughs> yeah. Like it's ridiculous how much preparation you have to go through in your 30s, <laughs> especially if you're a mom. <laughs> uh, right? Mom bladder, it's mm -hmm. terrible. <laughs> Don't even think about sneezing. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? No way. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> some of the things that jumped out to you. Mm hmm. Um, I, I found just like drama about the movie and or book, um, the relationships in Dr. Zavago were actually based on Pasternak's own love triangle. Oh, all right. Um, in love letters that came to light in 96, Pasternak confirmed that his mistress, Olga it, Ivinskaya was the model for Lara, Lara, 
Um, though Olga and Boris never lived together, Olga had a house near Pasternak's summer home, and he would spend nights with his wife at their house and days with Olga at hers. Oh, all right then. Um, Interesting stuff. Right? Olga actually betrayed Pasternak to the Soviet government over Dr. Svago. Ah. Uh... Yeah, so it says that his mistress and assistant was sentenced to four years of hard labor in 1949 because of her relationship with Pasternak, and she miscarried their child while in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, after his death, she was arrested for smuggling foreign currency. She sent a letter to Premier Khrushchev asking for mercy, reminding him that she had been instrumental in delaying publication of Dr. Zavago. Right. Um, we kind of talked already about the manuscript was was rejected for publication in the Soviet Union. Yep. But the CIA actually helped Pasternak publish Dr. Zivago. Nice. Uh, when publishers turned down Dr. Zivago in the Soviet Union, Pasternak arranged to have the manuscript smuggled out of Russia to Italy. Yep. You're hereby invited to my execution, he told the representative of the Italian publisher. The CIA got a hold of the manuscript and noted this book has great propaganda value. Mm-hmm. Helped by Dutch intelligence services, they printed a Russian edition and distributed the book at the 1958 World's Fair in Brussels. Nice. Um, that was talk about a controversial, controversial book, right? But it, the story itself isn't that controversial, exactly. But so, like for the time like, period, it's and everything, so revealing of everything that was going on in yeah. Russia, though. Holy crap! Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, praying for his life, Pashnak destroyed his first attempt. At Dr. Zivago. Uh, you know, when it was during Stalin's Great Purge, and then he began a few years after it um, when he felt safer, I right. guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he published several poems written, air quotes, by Dr. Zivago. Yep. Because he was supposed to be a great poet. So. Yep. yep. He worshipped writer Leo Tolstoy. Okay. And author Vladimir Novikov detested Dr. Zivago. When asked to review Dr. Zivago, Russian writer Vladimir uh, Novikov refused because he didn't want to do harm to Pasternak. However, Novikov wrote to the editor who had asked for the review, I regard the book as a sorry thing, clumsy, trivial, and melodramatic, with stock situations, voluptuous lawyers, unbelievable girls, and trite coincidences. He did, however, think Pasternak was a great poet. Which is true. (laughs) That was the one thing, like, I didn't expect there to be... I knew there was a little bit of controversy behind the movie before we sat down to watch it. Right. But I didn't realize, like, how much controversy. Like, he was having an affair, and that's what kind of sparked the idea. And then his mistress almost had him killed over it, basically. Like, Like, holy crap, you guys. That (laughs) side of the story was almost more interesting because we know I love Gone with the Wind, so it did feel very much like Gone with the Wind. It did. Um, It was was one of the things, like, if you love Gone with the Wind, you should watch Dr. Zivago at least once. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great story. You'll be like, oh, yeah, no, this is cool. Or maybe you'll like it more than Gone with the Wind. It kind of depends. Although, how do you get over some of those iconic characters? but right anyway (laughs) um i don't know i uh they obviously dr zivago paints a very unhappy light on socialism and what was going on in russia at that point which it's one of those things like is that really how it was and you kind of look into history and it's like wow some of that is very accurate like the dividing the house and the fairness the starvation you know forced labor 
all those things were very common in the in that time era mm-hmm. and it's crazy to think about it now like you're like wow really right damn i can't imagine i mean i can't i can't imagine going to school becoming a doctor doing all that and being yeah. successful and then you know coming back to your wife and your kid and your father-in-law living in a room yeah in your house right it's crazy. Yeah. And no one has food because they have to divide it fairly and they don't have any because of the wars and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yikes, dude. But it's, it's interesting, too, because Gone with the Wind was a 1939 movie. So, like, that's almost 30 years prior to when this was made. Almost. Right. 25 years prior. prior. So, like, if you think about that, too, you think about Gone with the Wind and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> There's so many things with that movie. All right. I'm done. <laughs> but. Well, I think that's one of the cool things about all of these classic movies is they, um, each one that we've watched so far, including Jaws even, has had a very unique take on the human condition. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, No matter what the situation, it was all tackling this kind of bigger than us type. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, There's like a, a villain of sorts. Yeah. That is larger than life. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, I don't know. So far. It was really cool. Anyway. Yeah. So far. (laughs) And the fact that there are so many different layers to some of these movies, you know, that we wouldn't have necessarily have ever known. Yeah. uh, Which has been interesting. I'm excited to keep going with the other ones, too. Right. Like, dive in and see what's really back there behind the scenes. And, yeah. Because it does. It Like, especially with this one, a lot of that backstory really makes the movie way more interesting. It does. Uh, even if you're like, this movie sucks. It's just so cool. But yeah, like, knowing that he got of some of the ideas from his own love triangle. Right. And then, like, if you haven't seen the movie, being able to watch the movie after knowing that fact, you can kind of look at the relationships in the movie a little bit more. And yeah. I'm, I'm assuming deeper. it's the same way as the book, since that's what right, it yeah. was actually yep. based on his life, not the whatever. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and I, I loved, uh, one, I loved how the story, or the, mo- the movie, I think the story is the same way, is narrated from different points of view. Mm-hmm. So it's not all Dr. Zivago. Right. Which I, is kind of cool. I believe the book was that way as well. Probably. I would assume so. At least with the the guy in the future and then going back to the past. Right. I mean, probably. And then I, I can, I'd imagine that even when like his brother, his half brother is talking, the cop oh, yep. is talking and stuff. Like I can't, I can't imagine the story discluding that. You yeah. Know? So like they have to have some other different points of view and stuff. Another book I want to go find and read. Right. Um, <laughs> we have so many new books to read now. And then I think we talked about the humanity. Yeah. The humanity and love stories and then the whole rebellion and just how human... <laughs> everything involved with that was even like on the train with the the forced labor people who are like in chains on the train and then the yeah. the woman trying to get on the train with a baby and then they're like this baby's dead <laughs> and you're like and she's like i know and just <laughs> and you're just like wow okay but that's how much she wanted to get on that train yeah that's crazy how savage yeah Yikes. but it's i mean it's really good and i don't know yeah it's good i'm really glad that we this yeah yeah because we're we're pushing ourselves like i don't think i would have ever sat down to watch this movie i know it existed and i definitely wouldn't have sat down to watch the entirety of this movie without being told to right (laughs) well it's it's interesting too because i didn't realize that my well i should have known my mom likes this movie okay and she has it on her like movies list thing that yeah like voodoo list you know Uh so like 
I didn't have to buy it or anything, which is cool. But like, I now have something to talk to with my mom too about a movie that I never knew existed, and right? she'd probably be like, "Wow, well, how did you not know?" <laughs> because sometimes our parents talk about things that they think are really cool, and us at the time are like, "Yeah, okay, okay yep." <laughs> Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Looking over here, shiny. I do still movies she talks about sometimes, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, I mean, I've discovered a few that I wish I would have discovered sooner. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in her collection, this one included, right? You know, yeah. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't have you know, appreciated it as much. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. It's entirely possible. I'll always look on the bright side. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Shall we rate or do we have more to talk about? We should probably rate. Um, Yeah, we should. Iconic characters. Oh, yeah. I don't have my notes. (laughs) You do not have your notes. Iconic characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like if we were in Britain or Russia, that these ratings would be a lot higher. Because you think of like Scarlet and, you know. Rhett. Rhett and stuff here because it's based here. It was made here. Exactly. And this was classic like that. I feel like that would definitely alter my input here. Right. But I have to but say. But it's for us. Yeah. So, I don't know. I would say, I think the most iconic character that jumped out to me, honestly, was the son. Is that what he is? The beginning guy who's talking with the forced labor women walking. Yes. That was the character that was like. Yeah. You know, like, wow, okay. So, like, a one or a two? I'm going to say say two. Yeah, I'd say a two. Just because one just seems so mean. (laughs) Yeah. But we have to be honest. But we have to be honest. Iconic scenes. I think I'm going to go with something. Like, the train scene is going to stick with me. Yeah. Now that I saw it, the. I hate to bring it up trigger warning but the rape scene is going to stick with me same Um, it's not as i mean it's a 60s movie so it's not and it's not rated like x or anything no but like it's it's not awful it's still a trigger but it's definitely triggering and yeah it it's something that'll stick with me whether i want it to or not yeah um so i think i'm gonna go with a five for this because there are plenty Mm -hmm. that are gonna stay with me even if i never watch this again yeah you know granted a whole bunch of things stay with me whether i want them or not that's true i'm gonna say four four okay Soundtrack. There wasn't really a soundtrack. Actually. Okay. They had classical, like, a score, but they didn't have a soundtrack. Of course, I closed it. Um, The soundtrack sold 600,000 copies or something like that. Nice. Yeah. And that's awesome. Um, But personally, for me, it didn't super resonate. Right. Um... There's lovely music. I would probably say three. Three. Okay. I mean, we we know that I like to put on like instrumentals and scores and stuff whenever yeah. I'm writing. So I think this might be one that I would actually maybe look up and drown in the background for certain things. I know they've got some great mu- music from that instrument that I cannot think. Of. It was block block bakalava. That's the food. No, I know. I'm trying to think of what it's called. <laughs> the the thing that she carries around with her. It looks like a lute almost. Yes. Uh, that um, thing. They've got some great mu- music on there from that. And a whole song, actually. I can't think of it right now, either. I could look it up. 
I'm going to look it up. Yeah, it's going to happen. If my phone recognizes my fingerprint ever. Okay. (laughs) That was kind of the depressing thing about this morning was like, I was all puffy and I didn't take off like any of my makeup and I was like crying last night. So when I woke up this morning and I went to go unlock my phone because it's like facial recognition and it's all like, just not recognize your face. (laughs) I'm like, did my phone just shame me a little bit? (laughs) I don't know how to say this. (laughs) Alright. Oh, for the instrument? Yeah. Pronounced a whole bunch of letters I can't pronounce because it's in Russian. Right. Balalaika? God damn it. I need to uh, actually look this up. Balalaika? It's B A L A L A I K A. Balalaika. Right. But they sure. s- the way they say it on the. They say it, obviously, they say it really nicely in the movie. Yes. I know how to. Yeah, just put it into YouTube. That. Balalaika. Balalaika. Nice. Okay. Now I know. Anyway, beautiful music. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still going to give this a two, but it did have some lovely lovely score to it. It's just not something I would continue to listen to. My daily (sighs) Beavis and Butthead moment brought to you by Dr. Zavago. All right. <laughs> Longevity. Oh. I know, right? I'm going to say... This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Especially since it's it's one of those things like, how much is it really going to pertain? Was it really... I mean, obviously, we, we've never heard of it, so it doesn't continue on super well. But at the same time, we don't... I don't know. It, if they redid it, I think that they'd still get people interested in the story. I think even though it, it's kind of a time old story. I still, yeah, but. I still think that they could totally, because mm-hmm. we're in the time of remakes, it's one of those ones that it, could be redone well, I think. Better than the miniseries or the yes. uh, Broadway show? Yes. Yes. Definitely. Um, so, I, oh God, I'm going to go seven. Okay. I was going to go six, so... Six was what I was originally thinking, and then I was like, but you know, but, I feel like, because this story is one of those And I think it would stories. do well, too. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to change mine to seven. Okay. See, I'm actually flip-flopping. That's weird. We switched. I know. It's crazy. All right, I'll get that totaled up, and I will send a picture on Monday when we post this. Yeah. Or Tuesday, maybe. We'll give everyone a day. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably post 51 tomorrow. Okay. And then, I'll see. Maybe I can slide it tonight. If you feel like it, it's okay. Jess is already having some uh, other issues. <laughs> it doesn't feel so bad. We almost didn't get this one recorded because it's like... Yeah, we recorded our last one and then my body was like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so it was kind of a kind of a, a trial and error of sorts. Yeah, so, but we figured it out. And... So I don't know if this would be a deal breaker or not or what. But I if you were... I don't want to say in an affair situation because that's not how I want to put this. But if you <laughs> were in a situation where you would have to wait to be with someone or you had to work with them and then not be with them until later, like, would that be a deal breaker for you? Oh. Like in the story, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Except for not an affair. <laughs> um, I, ah. How would you be all right waiting for someone, especially during war? 
Yeah. Well, revolution, it wasn't war. But. I mean, I think so. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's really like a, a case-by-case situation well, yeah. on that. Well, and in their situation, they got to work together helping everybody being a doctor and a nurse, you know? So, like... Right. And, and working with them might be enough to, like, sate your relationships up. I mean, they really didn't fall in love and love with each other until that point anyway. Right. But, you know, I... Yeah, I mean... In their case. I've always kind of grown up being a hopeless romantic and though I should be more jaded and I like to pretend like I'm more jaded there's still like this slight yeah hope for that like, like yeah. head over heels crazy love I, I, I get it I get it yeah I think I'm just saying it makes me want to throw up a little bit but no no I'm, I totally understand you being who we are in general, especially with being authors and stuff, you have to kind of hold on to that hopeless romantic thing yeah. a little bit. And that, like... It would affect our writing too much if we, we couldn't go there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, I don't know, I I definitely feel like the whole affair aspect, I don't... It doesn't matter how much I like someone, I still am very loyal to my husband. Even if I hated him, I'd still be loyal, at least until those papers are signed. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I can't... Well, and it Loyal also... to a fault. Absolutely. Well, and if, like, somebody is willing to have an affair to be with you, you would always kind of, I well, I would always have that thought in the back of my head, like, well, our relationship started because of an affair. Right. So, like, if it wasn't an affair situation, like, absolutely deal breaker. Like, I'm not yeah. going to wait for anybody no. to, like, leave their wife. Yeah, and no. No, 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 no. Nope. Like, you're either in it to win it or you're or not. You're not. Unless like, it's something, you know, noble, like you're, you're a doctor, but doctors against borders and, or, but doctors, what is it called? Doctors without, without borders, borders yeah. against <laughs> borders. <laughs> like, well, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then yeah, of course, like that's cool, but, but no, I don't know. I don't know. Being, being in that relation or in that, uh, uh, example, I didn't know I was an affair until he cheated on me twice and then i found out he i was an affair to start out with and i was like this makes more sense now mm, right and then the yeah the one after that i was like yep yeah, we're done i'm done i can't do this anymore yeah and even with all of that like he he left me three times to be with other women came back each time but like yeah i don't know it was i still didn't do anything with anybody else even when he was gone right because you you know it is. It's that loyalty to a fault thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I was totally, totally justified if I would have done something, but... Well, no, that's good, though, because your conscience is clear. Exactly. Exactly. I mean... I couldn't live with myself. Right. Like, it, it's not enough justification for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Sure. Good people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. Mostly good people. The best kind of grown-ass adult children ever. I mean, you're not somebody that I want to, like, kick in the taint, so that's cool. Winning. Can't say that about your ex. That's true. I would love to kick him in his taint. <laughs> we could kick him in a whole bunch of places. It'd be fun. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, hi, guys. Yeah. Or hi you. if you're ever listening to this. Whoops, my bad, but you get it. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, we are very open about our lives, and that's okay. Oh, he'd okay. laugh. It's fine. <laughs> oh, he would. Yeah. He would probably bend over and let us. Probably. That's true. Stop. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Hi, yeah. guys. Hi. Um, 
I hope you liked our episode. Mm-hmm. So sorry about our break. Uh, we are excited to finish our classic movie battle. Yes. Uh, do we want to tell them what's what's up for next week? Just because teaser? Yeah, because like... Because it's been so long. Yeah, we got to give them a reason to keep coming back, right? That's true, that's true. So next time on Survivor, just kidding, <laughs> um, <laughs> our next movie review is going to be Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Which... Yeah, no, you got to come back for that one. It's, it's the, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it's fiction, <laughs> right? Well, it's like one of those movies that I've watched, you know, like every other year probably since right. I first saw it. But I actually kind of, I don't know, maybe picked up on a few different things this time around. It's been like ten years since I watched it, and I watched it again, and I was like holy shit, how did I sit through this? But we're not going to talk about that now. We'll talk about that next time. <laughs> so, stay tuned. <laughs> It'll be great. Hey, you ready to click? Yeah. Click. <laughs>